Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Podcast. I'm Crystal with Zenfully Aware Performance Coaching, and I help you learn to live in the present moment so you can enjoy the here and now. I'm here with Danielle Fotopoulos, who is an American soccer coach and former player. Fotopoulos holds the all-time National Collegiate Athletic Association Division I records for goals and points, and was a member of the University of Florida team that won the 1998 NCAA Women's Soccer Championship and also the Women's United States National Team that won the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup. She's currently head coach of the Eckerd College Women's Soccer Team. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Crystal, for having me. I'm really excited to be part of your cast. I appreciate it. So kind of take us through what the transition from being such an elite player and going into coaching how was that automatic or how did that happen well it um started as you know a young person who honestly was just enjoyed playing soccer and other sports not just soccer and I had in eighth grade I had a teacher who had you know a nine or ten year old who was like wanting to get you know, some lessons in soccer. And my teacher was like, aren't you a good soccer player? I was like, um, I mean, I like to play. And she was like, well, I have a daughter who's eight and would love to get a lesson from you. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And she's like, well, I'll pay you $10. I'm like, when and where? (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of my first, you know, I was only in eighth grade. And when I really realized I could not only, you know, at that time, I didn't understand I was being somebody's mentor, but I was able to, you know, coach in that realm and be able to, um, you know, train people and and have a bit of an influence over them. It it really kind of started my coaching career per se. Um, And then it just kind of led to the next thing. And, um, you know, in high school, I was volunteer coach for our local clubs with teams, um, always worked camps in the summer to coach. And then, um, you know, later, later when I was in college, I began coaching club teams. And um, again, that was my job. So that was really neat. And then my internship, I was a volunteer coach uh, and developed the uh, camps for the University of Tampa. So, you know, while I was still playing, that transition just kind of naturally happened with the opportunities I was given. So it literally has been kind of something that you grew up with and into. Absolutely. And I think not until I matured a little bit in my, you know, 30s, did I really understand what a great um, opportunity I had in front of me to be able to teach about life skills. You know, the whole time I'm thinking it's about soccer because I truly love the sport and I do love people and I love being part of teams, of course, but not till I got a little bit more mature and obviously became a parent. And um, was I able to really recognize that, you know, I'm, I'm really teaching people about life skills through the sport of soccer. And that 
all, practically leads me into my next question. You, what do you find that it's in that's most important for not only your team, which is ever changing just because of the transition and matriculation of people, you know, going into their life and, and the coaches, you know, to understand not only about themselves, but, but the game as well. And, you know, kind of the game of soccer, but the game of life. Yeah. So that's, you know, what it's about, in my opinion, you know, as I, really truly understand about you know having a purpose and a role in your life and finding out what that purpose is um you know soccer and sport is a small part of that where I think that balance is something that I really try to focus on in the student athlete's life because it does get pretty unbalanced at times you know we spend so much time in our sport and in school, um, you know, sometimes that gets off balance. And when that happens, that's when you kind of lose your focus, you lose your purpose, um, as well as, you know, all that is combined, your mentality, uh, where you are physically, how you are socially. And then obviously that leads to on the field and in the classroom. So it's a, it's a hard balance teaching sport in that way and, and life. Can you talk a little bit about a time when that was a little bit challenging for you yourself, where you were in, you know, the sport so much that maybe life kind of took a backseat or, or vice versa? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you're playing in college, uh, you know, and you're a young person, you know, you think the world is revolving around you. And so, um, you know, I'm in my junior year and doing well and, and getting a lot of accolades and, you know, getting to make my way into the U S women's national team and really kind of high sailing and, and doing well. And I'm 18, um, getting ready to have my first start on the national team, um, in the mm. Nike cup down here in Tampa, which was great. My hometown, like near my hometown, Orlando now my hometown and um boom tear my ACL just like that you know the week going into one of my you know biggest career debuts I and so um you know that that definitely shakes you up and and really helps you to at a young age get your priorities straight you know I mean that's was my life at the time. And, and I think I was putting that before a lot of other things that you do have to do as a professional. Uh, but it was a life lesson for me and how to um, prioritize, prioritize and, and how to work through struggle. And, you know, the road to success is not easy. You know, I always think of the the iceberg where you see the tip and you see the high part, but you don't see what's under the water and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that you have to do to get to the tip. And I think um, that was my first true kind of struggle in my life where uh, I really had to step back and, and reevaluate and reassess my goals and then 
you know, kind of refocus. And so that's a lot what I do. I reevaluate, you know, reset, and then I refocus and get after it. You know, it was starting on the national team, which I was just about there. And now it was getting back to where I can play again. You know, that happened in the summer. Um, and then, you know, I, I, my goal was to get back by the spring. And um, fortunately, I was able to do it. But I can say there was a good couple months there where, um, you know, I was, I was a bit shook. And, and it was important. I had to, a lot of people around me to help encourage me at 18, um, as well as, you know, just doing the, the three R's that, you know, refocusing and resetting and then, and then, you know, making sure I follow through with all that. And I mean, for not like to, to be at such a level and then how do you think being taken down a notch, but what, how did you come back like bigger, better and, and stronger out of that? And in what ways, you know, not maybe not necessarily physically, but do you feel that that helped you? Um, I definitely do. Uh, Like I said, when you are at a certain point and I was a bit naive, I was still really young. Um, You know, a lot of people at that time, they didn't know if I would come back. But for me, I can confidently say, like, I knew I was going to come back. Um, I don't even know how I knew that, but I just did. I, I, I think because I tasted the national team and what that was and what, and I had already been in that environment and I loved that environment. I knew that I, I can reach that. And so, um, it did make me stronger mentally you know, when you get injured, you don't take things for granted anymore. And you also, you know, I learned to run properly. I learned how to rehab. Mm. I fortunately for me, I did a lot of different sports. So I came back rather quickly because I used some of my other, you know, experiences. I was a big swimmer. So I, I swim still to this day a lot, as well as I did then to keep me fit. And, um, and, I think it really helped me as well to be in other people's places on teams. And so, uh, you know, having all those different roles in a short time as a young, you know, young 18 year old, that really helped me be a better team player as well. And it helped me with my coaching. I mean, I was 18 years old getting to go to national team practices and watching the best in the world train and practice and have some of the best mentors and coaches around. So that really led me into and continued my path in coaching as well. It's, it's given me goosebumps a little bit. Um, Cause I, that's not only exciting for someone in general, but to really take that. And as you're saying, take that into your style of coaching and, and not necessarily, you know, be someone else, but be who you are, but using what you've learned is, um, is pretty incredible. What, when you say that you had the confidence to know 
how do you see, you know, in some of the injuries in, in your players and how does that help you guide them to, to recover and, and rehab a little bit, you know, better um, for themselves? Well, um, I think back to, first of all, who gave me confidence? I mean, right off the bat, I was out of surgery and my doctor was like, your leg is brand new. He's like, I mean, whether this is true or not, he's like, when you were under there, I put like a 50 pound weight on there and was swinging your leg all around. And I was like, really? You know, I was like, awesome. Like, all right, I'm ready to go, you know? And then then having the coaches around me too, you know, I had my national team coach at the time, Tony DeChico. And then I also had Becky Burley, my, you know, University of Florida coach. Um, and they were both like, okay, this is the day we want you back playing, you know, and, and it, it was exactly about five months later. And, you know, he's like, if you're ready by this time, you're going to get invited into this camp and da, 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 da. And so them just talking to me about my plan and what that looked like, I mean, that gave me a lot of confidence, you know, that's different than if a coach is saying, well, we'll talk to you when you get back, mm. you know, that's like a unending like who knows if you're ever going to make it you know where right my coaches were like this is when you're coming back this is when you're going to practice then you're going to be in this tournament then you're going to do this you know like that was a big difference and a confidence booster for me so my doctors my coaches and then obviously um you know my family I was, I have great parents who really encouraged me all along to just have fun and work hard and good things will happen eventually. You know, it doesn't, they don't ever say, you know, work hard and it's going to be better tomorrow. You know, they were very encouraging that. And then obviously my husband slash trainer, I mean, he was, he trained me my whole life since I met him and I met him at 18. And so he was beside my, beside me the whole time. You know, we were, um, you know, he was my trainer. So if I needed to do 30 leg lifts and that's all I was doing, he's like, well, we're going to do 90, you know, breakfast, (laughs) lunch and dinner. I'm like, okay, you know, it only takes like five minutes. Why not? You know, and so, um, so having a lot of support around me and of course my teammates, you know, they, they, they wanted me back and that feels good. And they're always encouraging me. And, um, so I think with all of that gave me confidence and then I wanted it. I wanted to be back. I wasn't done. I wasn't even close. And so, um, I just, you know, looked at it as a hurdle and I'm going to jump over this hurdle and keep on going. I love it. And so talk about how you met your husband trainer and, you know, that's oftentimes for couples that building that connection is, is challenging enough in a, we'll say quote unquote, normal relationship where you're just, you know, but talk about how having him as a trainer and a husband and, you know, a life partner, how that really set the stage for for what you have done and continue to do sure um you know it's not a secret to anybody I mean we probably don't talk about it that much but it's you know I think a lot of the women that were on that 99 team a lot of our spouses are our trainers growing up and um you know we didn't have 
teams to play on. And so obviously, you know, what happened with George and I is um, he actually was my club coach in between my sophomore and or in between my freshman and sophomore year, I played for a team. And then um, he was my coach at that time. And uh, after that season, we, you know, continued to stay close and um, he, you know, I, I played for him and then he did become my trainer. And I think um, that's when we started dating as well. And so um, that was very, you know, he asked permission to my parents, obviously. Um, and then from then on, I mean, he, you know, trained me and then we continued to stay close. And obviously we got married within, I don't know, I think eight months so then he, you know, we were married and he just continued to train and, and, um, and I think, you know, after a little while we stopped playing one V one cause we would get so competitive. <laughs> so I guess that's why that's... I wanted to say like, you know, he did train me, but I, you know, I'm, we didn't have anywhere to play. So I would you know, train with him in the mornings. And then at night, you know, he would help me find places to play. There weren't women's leagues. Like I had to go play in the plant city Mexican league and I couldn't play there if I didn't have a man helping me get into the league. Really? You know? Yeah. (gasps) They don't let women play there. So, you know, I, I had men's teams. I could play on this, the plant, the Suncoast league on Sundays. I mean, without, being married to him and having him be a voice for me, they don't let women play in those leagues. And so that, you know, this is how many years ago, 20 years ago. Right. So, you know, like he not only trained me individually, but he also gave other avenues for me to have the opportunity to play. And obviously, you know, he was a, an amazing trainer and, obviously we were both passionate about it and, and he was a professional himself. So he also helped me with that, how to be more professional, how to train professionally, um, as well as balancing that with the national team, my college team, my coaches there, eventually my professional team. I mean, it's a lot to balance without any knowledge of knowing how to be a professional player. And, at that time, there weren't any professional female players other than that group of us. You know, eventually in the 2000s, professional soccer came. But in the 90s, there was no professional soccer except for the national team. Wow. I mean, it's it's kind of unbelievable how, you know, even two decades, uh, It, I mean, just how far women's not I mean women's sports in general but especially the women's team um it's absolutely amazing and you were you were that foundation um part of it yeah I mean it was it was when the big you know it was a big turn in the late 90s you know the 96 Olympics I didn't make that team I actually got cut from that team in 95 was my first time trying to make you know, an Olympic or world cup roster. Um, but you know, that was, that was the starting point. We, we won in 91 
But really, I mean, that's not even talked about that much because there wasn't TV. You know, mm, there wasn't right. anything. That that 1999 World Cup was a huge changing point for sport and women in general. And so, um, you know, that, that foundation is really um, what we are building on today. So was I part of that? Of course. But that comes from, you know, that comes from the 91ers all the way to the 99ers. I mean, everybody always continuing to work hard, you know, regardless if you get paid or not, or if we, you know, have the same facilities, you know, the training and the playing and and staying focused on what we can do is really, you know, what that 99 team was about. And it, if I can take you back, you know, to the year before um, for the Division One championships, uh, I have a friend who says he was at that game and um, basically compares it to the Super Bowl. He said that when you scored that goal, it was like the world erupted. Can you describe that moment? Uh, in 1998, when... You know, it was actually a free kick that I, you know, was taken down in. And um, I hadn't been the one that usually takes the kicks. But um, Carrie Durant was lining up to take it. And I'm like, no, Carrie, like, I'm taking this kick. And the coaches on the sideline were like, no, (laughs) no, don't take the kick. Oh, top. I'm like, I am taking this kick. And I just looked at Carrie. I'm like, I just got fouled and I'm taking it, which in soccer, you're not the person who fouls is not supposed to take the kick because they're supposed to like be given some time to kind of cool off and everything. But I just kind of looked at her. I'm like, I'm taking this kick. So, um, so I really just looked at the ball and I stayed focused. And obviously, it's something I have been training taking free kicks before, but to just keep my eye on the ball and be relaxed. And I didn't look at anything but the ball. And I just ran up and hit it as hard as I could. And it just line drive right over Siri Mullenix, who is my friend and on the national team. And I played with actually. And, you know, we just grown up playing against each other. And it went like right over and hit right under the crossbar and bounced in behind her in the goal. Yeah. And everybody went crazy. Like I, I did. I was in the clouds. 100%. 100%. I was like floating. I could see it blurry. Everybody just started cheering and we went crazy and we were screaming at each other like on the field like this is it. And I like ran after we all got done celebrating and I like ran over to where George was and my mom and they were sitting there and there was just a group of like 20 Gators and there was like 120,000 unc fans and i like pointed at them and i jumped as high as i could and i'm like that's right like we got (laughs) this you know and um and so it was really exciting and uh i think from then on out you know our team just we were just a hard-working team really we just worked hard defensively we played together and um that's what helped us win that national championship wow that's like, I mean, it's such a great visual. <laughs> so in that, when you are going to different um, recruiting and, and, you know, different places, 
what do you look for in players that, you know, and how do you help them kind of, you know, see what, what they're looking for and what you offer and, and the program at Eckerd? That's a great question. Um, obviously, you know, working at Eckerd College is a fantastic and unique experience. Um, I think that's what I'd look for in players is, first of all, their education. You know, what are they looking for when they're looking at a college in their education? You know, what major um, at Eckerd, we are academics first, as I know, you know, most places are, but, you know, we're division two liberal arts education. And, um, you know, so I really try to match what the player's looking for in a college. And so that's very important to me right off the bat, um, because I've been going into my 11th year at Eckerd and I can say, you know, I've, I, I, Earlier on, I would say I didn't look for that as much. And so if it if they came to Eckerd and it wasn't what they were looking for, that kind of liberal arts, holistic learning environment, I think it was a hard fit. Mm. So I can say, like, I definitely look and ask about that first. But obviously, when I'm out recruiting, I'm not I can't see if that's what they want when I'm looking on the field. <laughs> right. So so I can say, you know. I look and see if I like the player's athleticism and their awareness of their players and teammates around them, you know, because you're not an individual, you're a part of a team. So I look for those two things first, as well as on the pamphlet, their grades and what they're interested in. You know, that's usually listed while we're recruiting. And um, I would say that's my first initial you know, look like, what am I looking for? How they get along with their teammates, their athleticism, and if their studies correlate with what Eckerd College is about. How different and how similar do you, do you see in each group that you bring in, you know, kind of each year you get this, this new crop and you get to nurture and, you know, plant seeds and, uh, and how do you find them different and how do you find them similar? Um, Great question. I can say that, you know, that's part of, you know, how I try to unify them is in both of those things, you know, helping them realize that everybody in this world is different and everybody that we have on this team, they are different and how we get to know that and how we embrace that diversity is really what will unify us. You know, we're all here to play soccer. That's what we have similar but what do we have different is each one of us. So when we can really learn and, and soccer as a whole and most team sports, you know, you have different people that do different things. You know, I think as a coach, I try not to compare them to each other because they're not the same. And I think sometimes, you know, the players get involved in that. Like, well, you say I'm like her. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not like her. <laughs> You know, like, no, no, no. Like, I brought you to be you. You know, because you even play the same position, it doesn't mean I want you to play the same way. 
And so I think, you know, getting them to realize that, and that's just the soccer piece, let alone their personalities or their backgrounds or, you know, their influences that they've had in their lives or that they give to other people. So there's a lot of differences that, um, that unify us. And I think that's where I really try to get them to embrace each other, not for their, you know, not only for their similarities, but even more so for the way that they're different. And I, I like that. That really resonates uh, because I feel like sometimes there's a, you know, this, oh, well, we you want to get with the like-minded people or the, the like-minded in whatever that you're doing or, or trying to achieve. And I do feel that um, differences bring a whole, a whole different flair to, to whatever that is as well, to whatever that goal um, is. Right. Right. And I think I like the word that you use like-minded because I do want them to be like-minded. And for me as a coach, I try to give them that path to be like-minded in whether it's our fitness or our goal as a team, um, or, you know, being able to get to know each other differently. All of those things are like-minded, but everybody goes about them differently to get there. Mm. And so I think that's the big part is like, we are to be like-minded, but don't, don't be chastising somebody who's not running on the treadmill as opposed to somebody who is, or who's running, you know, stadiums to get fit as opposed to jumping rope. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of different ways to reach our goals. And that's why I do so much individual goal setting because I like to sit down with each of them because they'll look at their, their teammates and be like, Oh my goodness, why is she doing that? Like, it's okay. Aren't you reaching your goal? Isn't she reaching her goal? So really breaking that down individually to see that we can all be a laser per se and reach that goal all in mind together, but going about it differently. There's, you know, like in math, I'm learning because I'm, you know, I have second graders and fifth graders. There's 500 <sighs> different ways to get to the same answer. And I'm like, Oh my word, this is so frustrating because I only know one way. Right. But that's where I, I did. I broke that down. I'm like, wait, wait, it's okay. It's okay here. <laughs> we can all go about it differently as long as we get the same answer. And I think that's a lot. I, I thought about that with my own experiences as a coach, you know, each of these people are different and every person can do things differently as long as we are focused on the same goal. And if you could speak to that in um, how do you or do you search out um, like a leader or, or those who are a little bit more, let's say, um, outgoing on the field as far as in how they can help uplift or, you know, bring to the next level, how they can help their teammates who might not be in that same realm. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that comes with experience, you know, obviously freshmen are a bit more timid and quiet usually, usually. And as they mature, you know, and as they understand um, more team dynamics, which takes coaching. I mean, we're always like run to the roar. 
you know, which I got that from actually Coach Becky Burley at UF. I mean, she taught me that, like, if you have a problem, you run right to it. And mm. a freshman doesn't understand that and has no experience of that where a junior or senior, they know it works. So as soon as there's a problem, they just go straight to it because of their experience of knowing the effects it has as opposed to going around people and not talking. You know, it causes a lot more drama. And I think just through those experiences and and as a coach, I try to always talk about it. And, you know, instead of texting, don't text, go and talk to the person. You can't, you can't get across what you need to say in a text. You know, I mean, you can say it in a text, but, you know, they don't see your body language. They don't see if you care. They don't see a lot through texting. So running to that roar, and that's just an example of, of many different ways that, you know, just teaching people and, you know, our student athletes and the Eckerd women's soccer team how to address conflict and how to work through a per se problem, which is it a problem? I mean, it's just a conflict and with conflict becomes growth. So I think having that type of talk all the time and those, that type of language where it's not a problem, it's a conflict that causes growth and you can grow through these conflicts and how do we do that and teaching that and teaching them to put down their phones. Like, hey, it's okay. Put your phones in the bin. Talk to each other. You know, I mean, just those things are, you know, simple, but need to be taught at times and need to be a focus for just communication in general through team. And obviously, hopefully that leads to their life skill, you know, after sport and college. Exactly. And what is the one thing, if you could pick, you know, just one thing that you want them to take away from their experience, whether they stay with you for, you know, a season, two, three, you know, for the whole, their whole time, what is that, that one thing that you want them to take away? Um, I Wow, that's hard. There's a lot I want them to take away, but <laughs> if you could have uh, <laughs> I think for me it would be wow, I mean, obviously learning that life skill through the sport, but what would be the one thing I think just never giving up. You know, just always continuing to work hard and persevere. I love it. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. And again, thank you so much for your time and, and just the energy that you have given to this and the energy that you give to the women's soccer team. Um, I've experienced it and, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to work with you and them as well. Well, I I want to say thank you to you too, because I do feel like you're, um, inspiration and just you know I feel you and I have a lot in common with what we want to do for people and I think just the way that you have another voice 
another strong female presence for them and, and seeing something that you love and you're passionate about and in the mindful performance and how you follow through with it and how you are trying to influence their lives with it is just um, really what I love about having you part of our program. So I want to thank you. I appreciate that your, your words go deep um, and thank you. And again, thank you for, um, for being on and I look forward to really starting this. Well, my pleasure. And I can't wait and go Tritons. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Go Tritons. Yes. Thanks so much, Danielle. Bye. Talk.